Money see, money do? That's right. If you see where your money goes, you'll make better spending decisions. So today, you'll learn why it's important to draw up your year-end money do list. There's no denying that knowledge is power. And that's what these episodes are all about. Empowering you to take control of your finances. Sensible Bobby has helped many people understand their finances, and she's always looking out for ways to improve spending, save a buck, and make sure you have the best information to make the best choices with your money. You can reach her at sensiblechat at gmail.com. Now, putting in her two cents, which is actually worth something, here's Sensible Bobby. Welcome to October, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe we're in the last quarter of 2018? October is actually Financial Planning Month, so it's a great time to think about what you need to get done before the end of the year. And this is a perfect time to work on the money-do list. So, what should be in your year-end money-do list? Anything financially related that has a deadline between now and December 31st. The most obvious for many people is health insurance open enrollment. According to healthcare.gov, open enrollment runs from November 1st to December 15th, but some states like California have extended enrollment periods. This is a time to give your health insurance a checkup. Meet with your agent to make sure your policy still fits your needs. Keep in mind this may be the only time you can make changes for another year. So if you need more options, a lower premium, or higher deductible, plan to shop around for the best deal during open enrollment. When you're shopping for the right insurance plan, don't forget about the health savings account. You're eligible for an HSA if you have a high-deductible health plan. Now, there are pros and cons to a high-deductible health plan, so talk it over with your agent and make sure it's the best plan for you. But for my family, it's been a lifesaver. Check this out. Contributions are tax-deductible going in, and as long as you use the money for medical purposes, you'll never pay taxes on it. Plus, you don't have to spend the money all in the same year. It rolls over, so it's yours forever. You might be surprised at how much is actually covered with the HSA. And you can even shop online at hsastore.com. But what if you change to a plan without a high deductible later on? Well, you can't contribute anymore, but the money in the HSA can still be used tax-free for medical purposes. And the HSA stays with you even if you change jobs. You can even invest the money you've contributed, and the earnings will be tax-free too. It's pretty much like a 401k, except you'll never be taxed as long as it's spent on qualified medical expenses. And if you need the money for something else, you can pay tax on it and withdraw the money once you're 65. Do it before then, and you'll have to pay a penalty on top of the taxes. You know, some people think the rich get all the good tax breaks, but believe me, the HSA is a great benefit at any income level. I mean, if you've got medical expenses, you're going to have to spend the money. But if you put it in an HSA first, you'll get a bigger tax refund, or not owe as much, because the IRS isn't allowed to touch that money. I love it. So, if you've got an HSA, contribute as much as you can, up to the max, between now and the end of the year. If you don't, talk about the benefits with your agent and see if it's right for you. Next is the flexible spending account. Unlike the HSA, your FSA funds won't roll over, so it's a use-it-or-lose-it program. If you have money in your FSA, make sure to spend it before the end of the year. How can you do it? Schedule doctor or dentist appointments like physicals or routine cleanings. Get new glasses or an eye exam. Or head over to fsastore.com. Everything on their site is FSA eligible. 
Your FSA may provide a rollover option of up to $500 to next year's balance or a grace period of a couple months, but these options vary, so check your plan carefully. The beauty of the FSA is that you decide how much money you'd like to put in at the beginning of the year, and it all appears in your account on day one. Then, pre-tax payments come out of your check all year long to pay for the lump sum. This is another great tax benefit for any income level, but contribution limits are lower. And if you have the option for both the HSA and FSA, be careful because there are limitations to using them together. Again, make sure you spend down your FSA by the end of the year. Stepping away from healthcare, there are a couple other things you can do before the end of the year to limit Uncle Sam's access to your money. The first is the saver's credit. If you're single with an adjusted gross income under $31,000 or a married couple with a combined adjusted gross income under $62,000, you're eligible for the saver's credit on the first $2,000 of contributions to a 401k or an IRA. That's on top of the fact that your entire contribution amount is tax deductible. So contribute as much as you can before December 31st. It gives you tax benefits now plus retirement savings for later. Now those tax benefits don't last forever. The IRS will get their share at some point, and they've decided that point is when you turn 70 and a half. This means that if you're lucky enough not to need any of your retirement savings prior to 70 and a half, you'd better start taking some at that age, whether you need it or not. This is called a Required Minimum Distribution, or RMD, and if you don't take it, the IRS will tax the amount you should have taken at 50%. So make sure this gets done before December 31st. And of course, there are many other tax credits and deductions. I often hear people say that when they go to have their taxes done, they're told about things they could have done last year to reduce their tax burden. But it doesn't do them any good in March of the following year. So it may benefit you to make an appointment with your tax person now to see if there's anything you can do before year end. This is also the time of year when many people review their insurance policies, besides just health insurance. What about your car insurance, homeowners, renters insurance, life insurance? Have things changed that might require more or less coverage? Are your beneficiaries still up to date? Get an insurance checkup that looks at all the different types of insurance you have or need to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. Okay, here's an idea for your money-do list that you can have some fun with. Create a spending plan for your bonus. If you typically get a year-end bonus, think back to how you've spent it in the past. Do you even remember? If you're like me, there are some years when that seemingly big chunk of money disappeared so fast you had no idea what you spent it on. You may have even told yourself that next year you're going to save at least some of it. But when next year came around, it was spent so fast you didn't have time to save any of it. So this year, think about how you want to divide it up before it gets into your hands. Now, before I go any further, I want to make clear that this is basically a wish list plan. You could do the same thing for a lottery winnings plan. Don't count on this money for bills that are coming due. Bonuses are not salaries, and they're certainly not guaranteed. I went from getting several thousand dollar bonuses each year to getting nothing, and I didn't even change jobs. They just stopped providing bonuses without warning. The first year, it was like a punch to the gut, because honestly, I had come to expect them. So, while this plan will help you spend the money in a way that benefits you most, you shouldn't depend on it. For example, you wouldn't plan on using your bonus to buy Christmas gifts. If you ended up without one, would you still have money to buy them? Or did you blow that money on something else because you were counting on the bonus? 
Okay, back to the plan. Of course, paying down debt, saving, or investing would all be very responsible, very rewarding ways to spend your bonus money. But even if you decide you want to have a little fun with it, you'll find you enjoy it more if you think through how you want to spend it. Otherwise, you could end up with another year where you blow through it fast with nothing to show for it except buyer's remorse. Think about what's most important to you. Is it a bill that's always stressful to pay? And here's a hint, even if that bill isn't due for six months, you could put the money aside now and the stress is gone. Is it a vacation you'd like to take? Debt you want to pay down? Money in your emergency savings? Or a little bit of everything? Start with a brainstorming session on all the things you'd like to spend that money on. Chances are you won't have enough to cover everything you want, so list them in order of importance. Then, if you have an idea of how much the bonus is, earmark a certain dollar amount to each item until you reach zero. You can play with this as long as you like. Personally, when I create these type of plans, I inevitably change them at least once or twice before the money actually hits my account. Worst case scenario, you don't get a bonus. But you'll still have a list of your top financial priorities, and that could come in handy for what we're going to talk about next. Goal setting for 2019. The end of the year is the perfect time to start thinking about the new year. What are your financial goals, and how do you plan to achieve them? Make a list of everything, even if there's no possibility of getting through all of them next year. Now prioritize this list so you focus on what's most important. But how will you know whether these are attainable or not, and how long it will take? That's where the spending plan comes in. The spending plan will list all your financial obligations and show you how much you have left to put towards your goals. The leftover money is yours to use however you please. And when you have goals, you're more likely to be happy with the money choices you make because you're actually putting some thought into it and have a reason why instead of mindlessly opening your wallet. Once you've created your first spending plan, the hardest part is done. But never depend on one spending plan to carry you over a great amount of time, because while your monthly bills may be the same, there's always additional spending that pops up here and there. You don't get your oil changed every month, but you want to make sure you have the money when you need it. Car registration only comes once a year, but if you don't put it in your spending plan, you may not have the money for it when it comes due. So you'll need to tweak your spending plans monthly. Actually, I tweak mine every paycheck because most of my bills come at the beginning of the month, so by the middle of the month, I've got more to put towards my goals than I did two weeks prior. I create my spending plans on good old-fashioned paper. Okay, Word documents. But when it comes to putting my budget into action, I use YNAB, a budgeting app that makes it super easy to keep track of money that's actually in my account, and save in as many different categories as I want without having to keep track of a bunch of savings and checking accounts like I used to. If you've never budgeted before, this can seem a bit overwhelming, but trust me, once you do it, it's really not that hard. Getting started is the hardest part. So I've written some articles that I hope will be helpful. Look for Budgeting Made Easy and Expanding Your Budget on the articles page at sensiblechat.com. And if you have any questions or want help getting started, email me at sensiblechat at gmail.com. If you'd like, I'll even help you create a spending plan for the new year. Thanks for hanging out with me and good luck with your year-end money-do list. Here's hoping it takes a bit of stress out of your life and gets you one step closer to financial freedom. That does it for this edition of Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby. 
All the tips from today's episode can be found on the tips page at sensiblechat.com. She'd love to know what you're thinking, so drop her a line at sensiblechat at gmail.com with your questions, comments, or success stories. Be sure to catch the next episode at sensiblechat.com. Until then, be sensible.